Stoichiometry can be used for so many things, and one thing it can be used is to determine a formula. And earlier in this section, we saw an example of propane. It was C3H8 instead of CXHY. But anyway, propane burns in oxygen to make CO2 and water. And this actually is something that happens in all hydrocarbons. A hydrocarbon is just a compound with carbon and hydrogen, and sometimes oxygen, we'll see in the next section, um, but usually carbon and hydrogen. It burns in O2, and the only products that come out are CO2 and water. So if you have an unknown hydrocarbon with carbon and hydrogen, the moles of carbon and CO2 can be related back to the moles of carbon in the hydrocarbon, the CX, and the moles of water can be related back, via moles of hydrogen that is, can be related back to the moles of hydrogen in the hydrocarbon, the HY. And there's some really cool techniques available in the chemical analytical laboratories to make this kind of thing possible. A combustion reaction of a compound with oxygen forms water and carbon dioxide. The water, represented as blue speckles, is trapped in one chamber. And the carbon dioxide, represented by white speckles, is trapped in a separate chamber. The mass gain of each chamber can be used to calculate the empirical formula of the compound. So in this kind of process, you're taking your hydrocarbon and you're basically, like I said, burning it. The O2 comes in, it reacts with your sample, it's super hot, you end up making CO2 and water. But then the stream of CO2 and water, which are both gaseous at this point, are sent through some kind of apparatus. And there's different chemicals we're gonna see that absorb water well, and some of them absorb carbon dioxide well. So magnesium perchlorate is the first one. It absorbs water pretty readily. Um, carbon dioxide can be absorbed by sodium hydroxide as well. There's different chemicals and stuff that we use. I used to use a different CO2 absorber, but that's all right. Either way, if you measure those absorbers before and after, the difference between the masses will be the mass of water or the mass of CO2. And so it's pretty easy to figure out how many grams of CO2 were created and how many grams of CO2 were created in these kind of processes, which is really cool. Let's say that we have just this random hydrocarbon, and a lot of them are kind of oily liquids. That's why it says puddle. But anyway, it's kind of a silly joke. We're going to take that puddle. We're going to burn it in O2. And in this particular example, you end up with 0.379 grams of CO2 and 0.1035 grams of water. Now, you can relate the CO2 back to the carbon in the hydrocarbon. One CO2 comes from one carbon because there's one carbon in both of them. For water, it's a two to one ratio. There are two hydrogens in water. So one water came from two hydrogens in the hydrocarbon. And using this kind of process, we're basically going to go grams to moles to moles. We're going to stop at moles though. We're going to stop with moles of carbon and moles of hydrogen in order to find that formula. And it's pretty cool. Of course, I'm biased. I'm a chemist, but I, th I think it's pretty cool. All of the carbon in carbon dioxide and all of the hydrogen in water in these problems comes from the hydrocarbon, CXHY.
So let's find the amount of carbon in the CO2. If you take that grams of CO2, 0.379, and divide by the molar mass, which is about 44 grams per mole, you're going to get 8.61 times 10 to the minus 3 moles carbon dioxide. And I encourage you to try that on your own just to make sure you're good to go. But anyway, one CO2 has one carbon, so one to one. That means there are 8.61 times 10 to the minus 3 moles of carbon that were burned in that sample. 1C comes from 1CO2. For water, there's that 2 to 1 ratio. So if you take 0.1035 grams of water and divide by the molar mass of water, that which is about 18 grams per mole, you're going to get that 5.744 times 10 to the minus 3 moles of water. However, to find moles of water, one mole of water has two moles of hydrogen. So we'll multiply the moles of water by 2 to get 1.149 times 10 to the minus 2 moles of hydrogen. So remember that 2 to one ratio. It's H2O. That's why we're multiplying by two. We want just the hydrogen from water, just like we wanted just the carbon from carbon dioxide. Now we can find the ratio, and usually it's easier to put the smaller number on the bottom and the larger number on the top, but you could do it the other way. So because the hydrogen was larger, let's put that on the top, we'll put the carbon on the bottom. Now if you do this ratio, take 1.149 times 10 to the minus 2 and divide by 8.61 times 10 to the minus 3, it comes out to be about 1.33, and that means 1.33 moles of hydrogen per every 1 mole of carbon. Now you can't keep these things as fractions or decimals like that. However, 0.33 is the same as one third. So 1.33 is like one and one third. And if you remember from fractions, one and one third is the same as four over three, four thirds. So 1.33 over one, you could also say was four thirds over one or just four over three. There's four moles of hydrogen for every three moles of carbon. That means the empirical formula, that smallest whole number ratio of atoms, C3H4. So this is a cool way to find the empirical formula. And you don't need really a mass percent as long as you can collect the water and CO2 and back calculate it. Pretty cool little technique.